pause when the clock has started. This is 20 minutes. You'll never get back. <laughs> I have no idea what in the hell that was, but I do know. That was my good friend Tony from Santiago, Chile. He was this episode's announcer in some sort of foreign tongue. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I do appreciate it. Yes, well, this is, in fact, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is Doug Prezak. Thank you for tuning in. And I know this is not Friday. It's currently Saturday, about 9 o'clock at night. I will post this on Sunday morning, so hope you're listening to it on Sunday or soon thereafter. I told you last week um, I was going to be gone sailing the high seas of the Pacific Ocean, heading on a big white boat down to uh, Mexico. And my plan was to do a show from there. I'll have more on that later. But first, I have some really, really important news. Catherine, as you know, she's on staff here at uh, 20 Minutes, and she's the uh, Director of State and Territory Acquisitions. <laughs> I gave her that title a couple episodes ago. Well, she sent me a note while I was at sea that said, through two different connections, coincidentally, they were also named Catherine, she believed that we had finally acquired the last U.S. state needed to complete all 50. That would be Montana. Well, I logged into my podcast stats, and are, are you excited about this? There it was, Missoula, Montana. (laughs) I seriously do not know how Catherine pulled off getting Rhode Island and Montana. You know, something inside of me says maybe I don't want to know. (laughs) But, however, I do want to express my thanks to Catherine because now I have all 50 states and the District of Columbia checked off the list. That leaves me with one question. Now what? <laughs> so back to last week and being gone on this cruise. You know, my plan was to record the next episode while I was on the ship. I tried. And here actually is my the clip of my first attempt. You'll notice it's my morning voice. It was 630 in the morning. And if you listen, you can hear the ocean in the background. Before I left, I knew that I was going to have to try and figure out how to keep up my weekly podcast. So I had this genius idea that I would just use the recording function on my phone. And I record my podcast while I'm at sea. Uh, let me tell you, that did not turn out well. <laughs> it didn't turn out at all. This is the first and only actual recording I've ever done here on the boat, and uh, it it will be my last. Um, And that was it. (laughs) I put my phone back in my pocket, and I gave up (laughs) for the rest of the trip. So uh, I came home, and I had absolutely no topics. I was going to be doomed. I didn't know what I was going to do. Got home Friday afternoon. It's Saturday. But then this morning, I got a, a text from the aforementioned Catherine. And uh, I guess she had just listened to the dad jokes episode, the last one, because she sent me one. And it goes like this. What do you call a snake that bakes? The answer is a python. <laughs> you know, you get it? The pie is spelled P-I-E, python. It's a cute little dad joke. Unfortunately, it came with a picture of a yellow python wrapped around a tree branch. When I opened the message, I I saw the picture of the uh, snake and I dropped my uh, phone and I screamed like a 10-year-old schoolgirl. Eventually, I went back and picked up my phone and read the the text. And yeah, it was a funny joke, 
<laughs> but I was still shaking. I was holding the phone about an arm's length away because there was a picture of a snake on it. I hate snakes. So uh, I figured I need to find out about this. I did a little bit of research, you know, so you don't have to. I officially have ophidiophobia. <laughs> you got that? Ophidiophobia. This particular type of uh, uh, phobia is a very specific one. It's the irrational fear of snakes. Now, I'm sorry to all you psychologists out there. There is nothing irrational about a fear of snakes. Come on. Uh, Ophidiophobia comes from the Greek words ophis, meaning snake, and phobia, meaning fear. Yeah, fear of snakes. Yeah, it's the actually the, the second most common phobia in the world. Guess what the first one is? <laughs> Just ask my executive producer. It's the fear of spiders. Nearly one-third of all adult humans are believed to have an intense fear of snakes. In doing this research, it was suggested that seeking treatment for snake phobia is often the easiest and fastest way to overcome the fear of snakes, but only 10 to 25% of people will take this step. And guess who's not part of that 10 to 25%? Yeah, me. And, and you know what? I own that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Apparently, if I wanted the uh, treatment, <laughs> I should seek out a therapist who's trained in exposure therapy. Oh, hell no. <laughs> For me, that sounds like it's going to be a scene out of Indiana Jones. They're going to drop me into a tank full of snakes. Here's your exposure. No, 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 no. You know, an alternative method is to work on overcoming your fear of snakes on your own. <laughs> Getting out in nature, going to the zoo, educating yourself on snakes. No, but if you want to, here's the five tips that they say uh, you can work on to overcome your snake phobia. One, spend more time outside. This is especially important if you've avoided doing so because of your fear of seeing a snake. Now, I'm not that bad, okay? Spending time outdoors is good for you and your physical and mental health. It can also help you cut back on avoidance behaviors that may be making your fear worse. I, you know, I can go outside, I can walk around, but if I'm out in the trail somewhere, you know, I'm looking. Number two, take a trip to the zoo. Encountering snakes in a controlled setting where there's a glass or metal barrier between you and the snake is a good way to begin confronting your fear of snakes head on. <laughs> Okay, I've done this uh, at, at the uh, Los Angeles Zoo. There's a whole reptile building going there, and there's all kinds of scenes of jungles and deserts and stuff with a, a glass partition between you and the snake. Um, until I am verified, you know, it's proven to me that that glass is 14 inches thick, um, I stand against the other side of the wall. <laughs> I'll let the kids go look. I will be on the other side of the room. Number three, educate yourself about snakes. No, there's a whole long paragraph here about, you know, you know, learning what's a poisonous snake, what's a harmless snake. I mean no ill will towards snakes. I don't like them. I don't want them hurt, but that they stay in their area, I'll stay in mine. So I don't need to educate myself because all snakes are killers in my mind. <laughs> Number four, use mindfulness to refocus anxious thoughts. Oh, brother. When you feel panicked or afraid, your mind might start racing towards the worst case scenario, no matter how unlikely it is to happen. If this happens to you, try using the mindfulness to refocus your attention on something in the present moment, your breath, your surroundings, or your five senses. What about the snake in front of you? Good God. Jeez. And number five, set realistic goals for yourself. 
While you may want to feel less anxious and afraid of snakes, you probably don't need to become so comfortable with them that you're able to hold one in your hand or have one as a pet. Oh my God, no. <laughs> Unless you're working in a zoo or another field that requires frequent hands-on contact with snakes, it's okay to set more realistic goals. Now, I hate to be Dr. Obvious here, but if I have a fear of snakes, what on earth makes you think I'm going to go to work in a zoo where I have to hold a snake? <laughs> God. Oh, man. I hate snakes. But I'm going to take a short break here. And when we come back, I have a story for you. I think you'll enjoy. I didn't. You, you may. <laughs> Don't go away. I've heard so much about Magic Touch. Campana's new cream makeup. Is it so very different from other makeups? It's so different that you'll never believe how much prettier it will make you until you try it. Magic Touch is a cream complexion makeup that you apply with your fingertips. No powder puff, no water. And it literally performs magic for your complexion. Gives you that new complexion loveliness that women are demanding today. The unmade-up look. What does it look like? Magic Touch is a wafer-thin cream in a beautiful white and gold compact. All you do is stroke your fingertips across the surface of the cream, apply to your face, and blend. Do I use powder, too? No, if you want the new luminous effect, and I don't mean shiny. Yes, if you want to give your complexion a matte finish. Either way, Magic Touch gives you a new flawless-looking complexion. Is Magic Touch very expensive? Surprisingly inexpensive. You get a large size, classic, golden white compact of Magic Touch for only one dollar. I'm going to try it tomorrow. And believe me, you'll never know how pretty you can be until you do. Was it just me, or did anybody else think that guy's voice was kind of creepy? Especially when he said, blend. <laughs> oh, and here's a note. You can still get uh, <laughs> Campana Cream. It's uh, now uh, Dr. Bell's Pomada de la Campana. It's available a lot of places, actually, including uh, Walmart. But for 2.6 ounces, it's now $7. Sorry, it's no longer $1. <laughs> All right, let's get back to it. I promised you a story, and I'm going to deliver. But first, let me tell you, this story is 100% absolutely true. Nothing has been changed to protect the innocent, okay? And I think I really need to set the stage with some appropriate music. <laughs> So this goes back um, a few years, not, not, not too many years, but we moved down here from the Bay Area in California down to the high desert. It's a north, north Los Angeles County. We were still new in the neighborhood. We hadn't been there maybe two or three days. And uh, I was in the house and I went out into the garage to get in the car and, and go somewhere. Now, I stepped out of the house and, and onto a little, little tiny, little, basically a, a small two-by-two-foot step, four inches high, before it steps down into the garage. So I stepped out into the garage, and I turned around, and I saw a snake. And the snake now was laying on the ground right up against the edge of the step. So once again, you know what I did. Yeah, I, I screamed like a 10-year-old schoolgirl. But now, I, the snake was between me and the house. I had very little options of what to do here. Um, so what I, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to try and somehow get the snake out of here because if I can't get the snake out of the garage, I have to sell the house and move. We'd only been there for two days, but I, I'd have to move. So I figured, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up the big garage door. I'm going to back the car out. Now, we had at the time a, a GMC Acadia, one of those SUV kind of cars. 
So I thought, okay, I'm gonna back the car out of the garage. So that gave me a lot of room here. The garage was still empty. All the boxes were moving were still in the house. The garage was just completely empty. And I thought, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a broom and try and get the snake, convince the snake he needed to leave. So I backed the car out, went and got a broom, and I approached the snake. If I had a Kevlar vest and a complete um, uh, hazmat suit, I would have been wearing it, but I didn't. So I, I approached the snake, and I reached out with a broom, and I kind of got him to move. So he started slithering. Oh, my God. So once again, as I'm screaming, I, I take this broom, and I with a big sweeping motion, as best I could, I swept the, the snake out of the garage, and I was successful. He did, in fact, leave the garage, sliding sideways. Then he hit the front tire of my car. And then uh, this horror story takes part two. I watched the snake, and I figured, okay, I'm not going to run over this. I don't want to kill the snake. I, that's not me. That's not who I am. I just want him to go somewhere else. But... I sat there and I thought, how am I going to get the snake away from my car? I was too late. The last thing I saw was the snake going up inside of my car from underneath. Yeah, you heard that right. He went up inside my car. What the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> oh my God. So I sat there and I pondered the situation and uh, my, my wife was there. And we, we were stunned by this, this current event. So I thought, well, maybe he went up inside where the engine is. So I cautiously opened the car and popped the hood up, knowing that any moment the snake could lunge out and attack me and then kill me. I, I don't even know what kind of snake it was. I, it doesn't make any difference. I know he could re lunge out and attack me and kill me. So I managed to get the, the hood up and kind of looked in there from, from a distance and I couldn't see anything. There's no snake sitting in the engine compartment, which completely elevated my concern, my distress, my anxiety that now this snake is somewhere inside my car. We had no idea what to do. Um, we opened up the car doors all four of them and the back hatch and left the left the hood of the the, the engine open so my car looked like it's been <laughs> been attacked ransacked and stripped of everything but it was sitting here with all the doors open and i thought okay i don't know where he is i looked from a distance as best i could underneath the car so i got a garden hose and i started spraying the bottom of my my car now, I know I, you guys are all probably laughing right now, but, you know, this is serious stuff. Okay, please. So I was spraying the bottom of my car, and I could get, I could see inside the, the chassis, you know, the framework of the car. So I was squirting water in there. I was spraying everything. I sprayed inside the engine compartment. I was just spraying it with, with water. Nothing came out. No snake came out, nothing at all. So by now, it's a, it's a lovely desert sunset. The sky is a beautiful purple. It's warm outside. It's, you know, 85 degrees. The sun is set. We're sitting there. We were sitting there on the driveway staring at our car because I, I can't do anything. If the snake's not there, I have to sell my car. I was actually starting to write the article to put in the, in the, you know, the newspaper or whatever else uh, online. You know, GMC Acadia for sale comes with snake I, I didn't know what to do we sat there for over an hour 
just staring at the bottom of the car, waiting to see if a snake came out. Nothing. The neighbors thought, oh, okay, the new people, yeah, they're weird. So we sat there. Finally, it was dark. We had flashlights. Now we're, we're shining a flashlight in the bottom of our car, waiting to see if a snake would fall out of it. I sprayed it a couple more times. Nothing, nothing happened. So eventually it was time to go, <laughs> time to go back in the house, go to bed. So I did close the doors to the car and uh, locked it all up. And then it sat in my driveway for five days. <laughs> I figured I was going to give this snake five days to get out of Dodge. Okay. If he, if he wasn't out in five days, the next move was a tow truck. So we sat there and, and, and every day check it and I would slowly open the car door, see if it was inside the car, under the seats or something, you know, reaching with a yardstick, poking under the seats. My worst fear might be in somehow in the glove compartment. It was just terrible situation for somebody like me who hates snakes. After five days, I figured the snake must have gotten hungry and decided to leave. I convinced myself of that that this thing was now out of my car. He was gone. And I, I really need to go get some groceries. <laughs> We're living off with Lucky Charms and what's left of the milk. And oh, so, okay, I, I volunteered to, uh, to do this. So I ever so cautiously got in the car, started it up, turned on the air conditioning full blast, and then opened the doors and ran away, hoping maybe if he was still somewhere inside of the system, this cold air or noise or something would cause them to leave. Nothing. Nothing came out. No snake popped his uh, ugly head out of anywhere. Okay, I will now proceed to the store. So I got in and uh, driving along and what I did not realize that the air conditioning was venting from the floor. You know, the, the upper part that aims towards your face and has stuff that aims towards your feet. The breeze from the air conditioning was causing the hair on my legs to start moving. Oh my God, I started screaming in the car and swerving because I swear that snake must be wrapping around my leg. <laughs> had to pull over and off the side of the road and jump out of the car and jack. Uh, then I realized it was just the air conditioning. So bottom line, never saw a snake come out, but apparently left. But a month later, we did trade the car in for a new one. <laughs> oh, I told you, I hate snakes. And with that, I will close out this episode. But uh, first, did we learn anything? I think we did. Uh, we learned that if you have a podcast, don't even try and record one if you're at sea. It's not going to work for you. We learned that Doug suffers from ophidiophobia. Do you? Come on, you can own it. And we learned that if a snake ever goes up into your car, you can save a lot of time. Just sell it right then. <laughs> That will do it for this episode. Thank you very much for uh, for tuning in and listening. And I will talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted... All you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. 
Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.